This is El Paisano Media, and you're listening to EPM Network. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Garage Sport Talks. I'm Isaac. I'm Luke. And today we're going to recap UFC 261. NFL, NBA, and we're going to introduce a new segment to you guys where you get mad about a, a terrible list. Tor- terrible rankings. So let's get into it. So UFC 261, we have Usman versus Masvidal, Nami Yunus versus Zhang Wali, we have um, Shevchenko versus Andrade, we have Uriah Hall, I mean Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. Yeah, this uh Honestly, I think that's just a perfect, perfect fights to have. You know, what was this, their first UFC event to bring back fans, right? Full capacity fans. That's a great list of matches to have with new fans. I think every sport, you know, obviously is better with fans, but there's something about a crowd getting nuts after like a crazy knockout or a hard hit. Like, There's nothing better than that. So I'm very happy that fans are back. Um... Reactions based off the fight. Thug Rose is a beast. I'll just She's say like that. She, she rocked her. That I think like, you know, before we started filming, you said that that looked like a knockout straight from the UFC video game. R one R one X just straight kick <laughs> to the face. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Man, that Chris Weidman kick. That one was nasty. Mm-hmm. So. What's crazy about that? So Chris Weidman, he fought Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva threw the same type of kick as. Oh, sorry, back up. For, we'll we'll explain the kick. Chris Weidman goes in for a leg kick. Uh, who's fighting? Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall checks it, brings up his leg. Weidman literally snaps his leg. Nasty. Nasty. Disgusting. He didn't even know he broke it. He goes to you know reset after the kick. Puts pressure on his foot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his leg couldn't hold his weight, and he just collapsed. It was horrible to watch. I mean, I did watch the replay multiple times, but I don't think I can stomach. I can't stomach it anymore. One time was enough for me. Yeah. Any. Anyways, so we're gonna go back. Maybe. Not ten years. Maybe six years. I think. Was it a while was. Ago. It was a while ago. So Chris Weidman, he fights Anderson Silva. Addison Silva throws the same type of kick as Weidman did that just happened a few nights ago. That's true. And breaks his leg the same exact way. It was... That's pretty crazy. Like, to think about it. Like, you know, you're a fighter. A guy throws a leg kick at you. Break his leg. And then you break your leg the same way. Insane. It's just the, the irony. Yeah. At first I thought, oh, maybe he didn't kick him right. Like, maybe he kicked with his foot. But he did kick with his shin. Just a freak accident. Yeah, like... But then it got me thinking, like, how hard... Did he kick Paul's him? Paul's foot leg is that to check too. it. How hard He's he kicked him. Bamboo legs. Just Well, you know, like, Muay Thai fighters, like, they kick wood yeah. and all that stuff. He's literally got bamboo legs. Some Rob Van Dam training. But, yeah, that fight ended a lot sooner... You know, obviously the injuries. So thoughts and prayers off to Chris Weidman. T's and P's. T's and P's. 
Um, what were your thoughts on that other fight? Not Masvidal. On Shevchenko? Yeah, Shevchenko. Um, from what I watch and read, she's just really dominant. There's no one in the weight class that is on her level. She's just... There's a big gap. Right. She's good, though. Mm-hmm. What she do is just TKO, pick, kick some punches, takedowns. Yeah, pretty much. Just really um, good fundamentals and just aggressive. She's good. Maybe they can do um, a super fight with Thug Rose. That would be good. Dana White never does stuff like yeah, that. I, I would like to see that. Um, well, because then if Thug Rose loses, it doesn't really mean anything. She could just go back to her... Like the Adesanya fight with the Polish guy, like he lost, and he's gonna go back to his regular weight class and clean it out. So you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Just go back to dominance. And then if you win, then you just take over that division and do both, because there's not a lot of competition at both. Yeah, you're right. I would like to see. That. I mean, that would be that cool. That would be really fun. That would be. I would. I think they match would. up well too. Yeah, both heavy-handed, or even strong, aggressive. Um, well, Wei Li fighting Shevchenko would be a good fight. I like to see that too. Hmm. A lot of, I think. I may come off as a casual, but they make a lot of, or they don't make fights that they should all the time. No, I mean you're not wrong. I feel like this is the first UFC event in a long time where all the matches were like, mm-hmm. I need to. I'm gonna sit down and watch these matches. Yeah. Like it's been a cool minute since any fighting card has, like, made you want to pay attention to the fight so For i sure. think a, a incredible booking by dana white to get all these fighters on the same night um you're right i would like to see you know her go up go this, is it up in weight or down dummy units yeah yeah she can go up to fight shevchenko all right go up so uh thug rose go up in weight and weight would, be... would go up too if she were to fight shevchenko yeah okay yeah i would like to see that i feel like Personally, as a fighter, I know, like, you need to protect your reputation, your record, and, you know, your dominance, but if I'm out here saying I'm the best, I'll move up a weight class to prove that I'm the best. I know it's not the boldest strategy, but you definitely, you know, earn your respect. Like, people have respect for Kyron because he went up and down in weight classes and was dominant. He went up three weight, two yeah, weight classes. two weight classes. And was I think at 170, And compete. Yeah, I think at 170, though, like, I think the only problem is that he had struggles with, what's his name, with Khabib's, like, takedown game and stuff right, like that. Right, yeah. Those guys are a lot bigger than Khabib. You got a lot of wrestlers up there, too. Yeah. It's very wrestling heavy. Right. That'd be fun, though. I want to continue our talk with McGregor. We're going to... Oh. It's going to happen right now. Um, let's talk about the Masvidal... Um, Usman. Usman fight. So who who won their first fight against each other? Usman, right? Usman won both of them. Yeah, this was three or two. This is two. This was two. All right, so, all right, I'm sorry for all of you guys. The but you're a casual if you really thought Masvidal was gonna win. In my honest opinion, that goes to Chad Ochocinco who put fifty k that Masvidal was gonna yeah, win. Such a that. casual move. Why would you bet fifty k for Masvidal? Like it just makes me. I bet, I mean, Ocho Cinco seems like the kind of guy that saw that that one crazy highlight reel of meat flying knee and like, oh, that's the guy. I'm going to put money on him. I, I mean, not to bag on Ocho Cinco or anything. Like, cool, he has the money to burn like that, but you're a casual if you really thought Masvidal was going to win. I just think Usman, in his last, like, three or four fights, has beat guys way better than Masvidal. That if he yeah. lost to Masvidal, it would just be, like, the biggest right. choke that I can think of. I wouldn't say the biggest choke, but it would just be like... It would be a major disappointment. 
I wouldn't even say that either. I think Masvidal had a really good camp. He's going to prove out to be like, well, hey, I'm Street Jesus. I'm the baddest mother well, no, hugger out here. I just mean like he would have he would have won just by maybe landing like a crazy punch. He wouldn't have dominated him or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what you mean. It would have just been and then fights out. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But yeah, I'm just saying like... No, yeah, it would be like he trained. Yeah, good. he trained really hard. Like I'm out here to prove I'm the yeah. best. But I was watching, you know, interviews leading up to this. Like, and he was know, just talking too much. Masvidal was just like, oh, I'm going to baptize him with my fists and all that. He hits too soft. He's the softest yeah. hitter I've ever been. Or talking about, like, him hugging him and foot stomping him. Like, right. If you, like, if your MMA is all of the martial arts, so don't just expect to be stuck. Standing up, up and fighting. Exactly, yeah. If he knows that you're not going to stop his takedowns, why would he not take you down? Right. Or push you against the cage? Just ignorant, just yeah. thinking he could just walk in there and fight. But, all right, and that's crazy because... I, I would, mean, he could be my <laughs> still, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so I was... Um, I watched the Usman uh, interview on Stephen A's show. And he was saying, he's like, hey, man, if he, like, prepared and, you know, did a lot of talking, if he prepared in camp, I hope he did. He's like, but if he didn't, like, I'm coming in here fundamentally strong, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to take him out. And, I, I, like, just the way he just, like, said it all composed, and I got, like, just chills. I'm like, all right, Usman's, Usman's a different breed. The dude's an animal. And sure enough, uh, round one, I will say, like, it looked like it could have go the distance. They were trading blows. I think it's fair to say Masvidal won round one, taking down, connected on a lot of punches. And then just somehow the tides just changed round two. And then, you know, it's already memes all over social media. See Masvidal laughing in his face just to get whap. See all the sweat fly off his face. Pretty insane. I just want to call out sports social media. They always want to repost and hype up Masvidal. But Usman never got any love. I just like, I think it's just funny how, how, I don't know. how I think fast a lot they of people don't. Back. A lot of people don't really think he's like, a, like he's charismatic or anything like that. Like, I like him. He's a champion, you know what I mean? Yeah. He has a good mentality that like, like he said, he's focused, laser focused. He's concentrated. Mm-hmm doesn't really talk trash unless they talk trash i like though he's he's like um like mm, i think were we talking about like heinz ward the other day was it um, me oh no i was talking about with my friend but yeah. anyway like heinz ward is like he's smash mouth he does his job real blue collar like right. yeah like usman comes off real blue collar right so i like that mm. all right anyways this is when mcgregor comes in of course Twitter fingers get the best of him. Out there saying, might go up to welterweight. You know, throw hands at Usman. Usman will rip him apart. I just think the wrestling. I think yeah. Connor's a better striker than he is naturally. Yeah. But I think he would just bully him with wrestling. Because mm-hmm. you see it with the, what's it called fight? The Khabib fight. And people say Khabib's better, stronger than he really is. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Here's a fun fact about McGregor. He's three and three of his last six fights. Yeah. Who's he fought? And we did talk oh the last three yeah, fights. Poirier, so Poirier. Cowboy. Cowboy. I think it was Khabib. Khabib. I believe a Diaz fight is in there. 
He's three and three in his last three fights. He's three and three in his last three fights. I'm not the one pulled that up real quick. I'll go ahead and edit out how long this takes you. But he's three and three in his last three fights. Me and you have already said on the previous episode that we don't know how fiery he he'll you know if he gets the fire back in his belly, if he's willing to train hard again and take it serious. He's twenty two and five as overall record. Though. Overall, well, yeah, overall record is pretty nice. But his last six fights, he's gone three and three. So f- we're already questioning if he's oh, yeah, fired. He, has. he lost an Nate Diaz fight. He won an Nate Diaz Wait, fight. Sorry, sorry, I'll over. Go ahead and cut you off. He lost the first Nate Diaz fight. Um, he won the second one. He beat Eddie Alvarez to become a double champ. Right. He lost to Khabib, and then he beat Cerrone, and then he lost to DP. Mm. So not bad. No, I guess it isn't. I mean, you say three and three, and it sounds terrible, but I Eddie guess Eddie Alvarez, I don't, I don't consider him a threat. So I'd... if he was a champion at the time, though, he was the lightweight champ. I think maybe he's... he was a know. champion. I guess kind of a slouch to me. Um, cow that cowboy fight. I don't know. Cowboy was old. Yeah, cowboy's. I dumb. don't want to rob anything from that victory, but cowboy was old. They take too many shots. Every time I and see one of he... his fight highlights, he's all bloody and yeah, pulped up and stuff. He has a chin, but yeah, he yeah. eats too much. Um, who's his third victory? The... Uh, his third victory is Cerrone. Cerrone, Eddie Alvarez, and what's the and other Nate one? Diaz rematch? Nate Diaz rematch. Not bad. The only really impressive one was that Diaz fight. Out of the I think three. the Cerrone one, but Cerrone's old. Yeah. Um. I just think you say three and three, but they're really stretched out because it goes March two thousand sixteen, August twenty sixteen, November twenty sixteen, and then his next fight is October two thousand eighteen. Mhm. Because they brought him back for the money fight for right, Khabib. right. I just like, I know I'm not trying to make the three and three record sound bad. It's just more about, hey buddy, your last six fights you went three and three. Yeah, it's to go. You lost. You just lost. People are questioning your fire. And you're out here saying that you want to go fight in welterweight and fight Usman. Like, I just don't. I know he's a big personality. He talks a lot. For the most part, he can't back up his talk. I just don't, I just yeah. don't like that. That's my only problem with it. I mean, if he beats Poirier, if he wants, he could go fight Usman. Because Poirier is the legit number one guy in the lightweight. Right. I think those other guys are just fighting because, like, Poirier wanted to fight McGregor again and get a payday. Right. I mean, I think Poirier wants to... I think Poirier would beat the guys that are fighting yeah, in the cl- next UFC. Well, he already did. Like He's like, hey, man, like I'm legit. Look who, look who I beat, and now I just beat McGregor, who you people still can't get over. Yeah, like, and I'll beat him again. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. Let's go ahead and transition over to our next topic. What do we got? Um, Tom Brady posted the Instagram on his story about the numbers. <laughs> I saw someone comment oh underneath. <laughs> If Mac Jones can tell the difference between, like, in college, you know how they wear, like, number seven instead yeah. of the D-lineman? Like, you could do it. I, yeah, just an old senile man complaining about a number change. I think the number change is cool, but I think just, like, it'll take getting used to, like, most things. I think yeah. maybe that's his problem. Yeah. But I don't really think it's that much of a big deal. I know. I mean, that's a good point. Like, college quarterbacks have to play against DBs that are in the 40s, play against defensive linemen, whether they be single digit, sometimes in the teens. 
linebackers in the thirties and twenties are single digits. Like it's not. If I think as long yeah. as they have different jersey colors, it yeah. shouldn't be a problem. Maybe he's colorblind. And or then something. he talked about that too. He's like, let's just take take off the numbers. We wear colors anyways. We could tell who this and that. I'm like Brady. You just sound so angry and old, bitter, and <laughs> bitter. <laughs> like I mean, I know like on I love the, Brady all the time, but yeah. that was kind of just like you didn't need to post that. Yeah, just be quiet. Come on, dude. I know I I. Like, when we first talked about the number rule on the podcast, I, I said, I'm an old head. I kind of like the traditional numbers. I'm not mad that they changed it, but at least I don't sound like Tom Brady out here very saying, different. like, how are you going to call check the Mike linebacker and who's playing D-line and da 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 Like, nah, come on. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard. You're, you're arguably the best quarterback of all time. You'll be all right. Oh, so here's a funny rule about that number rule change. So if you, as of right now, since it passed for this upcoming season, if you want to change your number, you need to uh, pay the NFL uh, money for the inventory because they already made all the jerseys of your name with your old number. So you need to pay them back because they made all of that and then, you know, change your number. So that's making headlines, trying to say that it's unfair. And me and you have already stayed on the podcast. We're on the side of the players. I don't really agree with the players getting upset about this. Just Obviously, sell them a discount price at the mall or whatever. Get rid of them. I'm just saying, like, you know, In you general, play for a league. Pay? Well, because they already made all the jerseys, and then we're going to lose money. Like, why would you gonna lose money? Because now you got to, you know, mass produce a whole bunch of other new jerseys, which is costing money. So I was like, hey, dude, you're changing your number... We already have all these jerseys set out. Like, you need to pay us back for inventory. And, I mean, I don't want to sound like those, you know, trolls on the Instagram comments be like, oh, well, they're millionaires and that, so they're rich and they could pay that. That's chump change. NFL acts like they don't make money in freaking, like, they don't just print money, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I understand why it's a business. Like, you should, like, it sucks, but. You need to pay the inventory. But here's the thing. like, So if you want to change your number this season, you got to pay that inventory rate, whatever it is. And But the following season, you could change your number for free. So I'm so guessing people most... People are just going to wait. Yeah, so most players are going to wait. But here's the thing. So that number, how much you have to pay the NFL for your, num- for your jersey number to change, it different, it's different for every player. Yeah, they obviously make more jerseys for certain players. Yeah. So I want to play a little game with you. I want you to guess the top 10 jersey sales in the NFL last season. Mm, All right, you ready? Dak. Wait, hold up. Oh. I'm out. I'm going to pull it up. Right, you ready? Here it goes. All right, go ahead. Dak, Zeke, Mahomes. This is no order. This is just me naming. That's fine. Dak, Zeke, Mahomes, Donald, um, Tom Brady. Debo is a good player. Watson, did I say Watson? Kamara, McCaffrey. Oh, Rogers. And then I'll do another quarterback. Um, I'll play JJ Watt. Uh, you got a few in there. I think you're gonna be kind of surprised with that. I think I am for sure. You want to hear the this as a this is the the top. Jersey sellers from the previous season. From the 
Bucks winning the Super Bowl, right? Super Bowl, yeah. Okay, here they are. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Tom Brady. Number three, your boy, Lamar Jackson. Oh, I was going to say him. Number four, Russell Wilson. Oh, I forgot Russell. Number five, Tua Tagovia. Oh, damn. Number six, Juju Smith. What? Yeah. All, the mo- all of these little Casuals. TikTok kids and yeah. these Fortnite boys. Well, I understand play. Russell Wilson, Lamar, Mahomes, and Brady, but Juju and Tua? Here's a surprising one. Number seven, Josh Jacobs. He's Raider a beast. Wave, yeah. Raiders. And number eight, we have George Kittle. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. Number nine, you got your boy Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Number ten, we have Josh Allen sneaking their way up there. Bills Mafia. But oh. there you go. Those are your top ten NFL yeah, jersey sales. Imagine how much these guys have to pay the NFL. Juju to change the number, more buying his inventory than he is gonna get paid. Yes, <laughs> it is insane. I think that's. I think it's pretty funny. Like, imagine you're just a player that not a lot of people get your jersey and be like, "I'm gonna change my number." Like, yeah, I'm not gonna pay anything. Twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, oh yeah, only your friends and family buy your jersey. Like, you only need to pay us a hundred bucks. Like, say no more. Changing my number. Uh, I find that very funny. And then you just take a buyout from whoever wants the number you chose the next season. For real. Um, who's a big name athlete that just changed the number? You just told me. Oh, before. Pat Peterson. Patrick Peterson. Yeah, that's right. Goes back to number seven LSU days. That's cool. I don't think he's paying a super large amount of money. I think he has a good amount, but he has been. He's yeah, he he's been well established. Times. Yeah, he's well established. Whatever he had to pay to change his number. It's nothing to him. Right. It's a, it's a two weeks paycheck or a week paycheck <laughs> probably. For real. Uh, go ahead. What check the uh, what's next? NFL news. Um, the 49ers, There's been reports saying that they're leaning towards either Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Oh my god. I think we've been on this thing that this is a place of slander for the 49ers. We support 49ers slander. Just because yeah. 49er hater? Is that official or 49er hater podcast? I am, just because... I'll join you. I mean, Cowboy fans don't like 49er fans. I am, just because... I know, same division. Same yeah. division. Everyone thinks they're going to be good. But if they're drafting a rookie quarterback, they're not going to be good. Here's my thing. And we've said this multiple times on the podcast. And they're trying to draft the... Trade Lance. Yeah. Stop drafting dudes from North Dakota State University. Just stop drafting guys that don't have more than two or three years I know. playing. Especially at quarterback, because you're just expecting them to play at a high level. Right. You're basically paying them to not play. Right. Really. Really, yeah. This is the simple terms. I know. Imagine paying a dude that played one season, first round pick money. It's unbelievable. Like, the Chiefs only did that and only worked because they had Andrew... Uh, Alex Smith, who was on his way out. Right. Where they he, just needed a dude that Alex Smith could groom. Yeah. Right. For like, at least half a season. Right. You're, paying, you're basically going to pay Mac Jones or Trey Lance to sit the whole year because you still have Jimmy G that could play. So, you might as well. And Jimmy him. G knows he's already getting shopped yeah. to get traded. It's unbelievable. Obviously, I, like, I mean, you, we like seeing the 49ers get bad again just because a whole bunch of fans came out of nowhere. Well, that, right, is that I fair? Just, I just don't like the... Oh, no, you, I get it. Yeah, they're in the same division as you. You're trying to win it. You're I would a big... like for them to be good, though, and I'll still beat them, though. Oh, yeah, that's even better. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
like you already said, you don't want them to get Justin Fields. Because that would be the good move. Right, that would be the smart move. So I like this, but... The way I see it is Kyle Shanahan... Is I think very, he is just a, thinks that he could plug anybody yeah, in there. He's a, yeah, he's a very systematic quarterback, uh, uh, offensive coach, minded coach. He, like you said, thinks he could plug in people anywhere he wants. He thought, it's like, I went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. I could use North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance or system quarterback Mac Jones, who we also think isn't very good. Yeah... Are we the official slanders of Mac Jones and Trey Lance? I'm just a slander of Trey Lance because I didn't even know he existed. Right. I mean, nobody knew Carson Wentz existed too, right? Exactly. But I think he's the exception. I will give him his credit where he's he's, right. he, he's done pretty good for coming out of North Dakota State. I think him going to Philly didn't help him. I think if he went to any other team, it would have been fine. No, not, uh, yeah, I think so. That's fair to say. We'll see about his career revival with the Colts. But... Yeah, pretty ridiculous. I think around this time, I also this thought also occurred. Sorry, that this could just be smoke and mirrors. You know, you're being like, hey, like I'm gonna go draft Trey Lance, man. He's really good. <laughs> like you seen draft day, right? Have you seen the movie Draft Day? Yeah. And then they they talk him up, and they'd be like, oh, like oh, we want him, we want him. We'll trade like spots with you. So like, okay, give me, give me these picks and give me a player, and then I'll let you take my spot so you can take him. You know, you talk up a dude, make it seem like you're going to take him, and then, you know, you get more draft capital and all that. Do you think they could be doing that? I doubt it, but... No, because they already have the next pick if they want to get a good quarterback, or if they want to get the best available quarterback. Right. So maybe the Jets don't like Zach Wilson for some reason, and they get Fields, and maybe the Niners get, what's his name? But it looks like Wilson's going to the Jets. I think he get Fields. But then if I'm, like, I like Justin Fields, so I would like to see him go to the football team. Oh, yeah, you've already stated that. I think the football team would be a good move. Because, let's see, they got Curtis Samuel. They got... Scary Terry. Scary Terry. They got uh, that Sims guy. Gibson, running back. Gibson, Thomas. They have some Thomas. weapons. I think maybe they go defense. Their defense is already really good. Right. Maybe they get like a corner or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm the Washington football team... You get a quarterback, though. It's fit, fit, yeah, you don't have a quarterback. On the Reds, I mean, the football team, right? Yeah, we have uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and oh, something Heineke. Heineke I would get Justin Fields if he falls to the football team. I think... Because the only... I think you could get... The way they ran their offense last year, you know, ran the ball, established the run game... Through the running backs as well, got the running backs involved in the passing game. Had a pretty good wideouts. Just a really overall well-coached football team. I think if you just make your defense elite and have a systematic uh, time-stealing offense, you could win in this league. And I feel like they could, they just need to upgrade their defense just one more spot. Whether it be at the linebacker position, at the DB position. I think the DBs. Right. The front seven's pretty elite. It's all yeah. first-rounders. So, if they go ahead and... I'll, I mean, I'm, I already know Cowboys are going to disappoint me. But if they get a DB, I think the, the Washington football team is playoff-bound for sure. And I think the way, they, the, the way they already run their offense, 
Justin Fields. Justin Fields. I'm only I'm saying they should go defense because I'm not all in on Justin Fields and he's a whole Ohio State quarterback. But we could save that for another conversation. Justin Fields watched the football team. Maybe they could get the <laughs> South Carolina corner in the second round. Because we'll everyone said that guy was a first rounder, but I don't see it anymore. Casey Horn? Yeah. Not because um, he's not good, but the hype on him kind of went down. I think the only corner that's a solid like first rounder is... Is Sertan? Yeah. Yeah. The guy. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Everyone else is kind of like late, early second round. Right. Let's uh, transition over to NBA. So Kevin Durant comes back from an injury, goes at, go ahead and drops 30 points on his return. KD's just a walking bucket. I just don't understand why we get so surprised when he comes back and does something like that. Like He's just... I know we were bashing on him last podcast, saying he's soft. He's a good basketball player. But yeah, but he's a little he, yeah, he's a great basketball player. I think it is pretty insane for him just to come back and drop a thirty piece like nothing. But now we're gonna talk about your Lakers, Anthony Davis. First of all, I thought he came back way too early. If you know anything, like we just look at KD, like two seasons ago, you know, hurts his what Achilles, right? Yeah, he almost ripped his leg off. Yeah. yeah, and he comes back early, and then he ruins. The Warriors' chance to win in that championship because he got injured. He came well, back too early. Got hurt, but but yeah. he came he came back too early, and then Anthony Davis. You know, you want to talk about running it up, running it back again. And you come back so early, like dude, I mean, why would you come back this early? And just to go five and nineteen, and then you're out here talking about chemistry, this and that. Oh, Nets haven't Nets haven't played with their big three, which they're never not gonna play with their big three now because James Harden is out indefinitely with a hamstring injury. Like, you don't see any problems with the Nets. They they won, and now you're out here talking, complaining about chemistry and not being out here. Five was nineteen. No, he didn't do good the other he's day. He's got seventeen too. points though. I know, but I mean, he's had a much rougher start than KD. It could be different play styles or whatever, but. The way he's he's played and his debut from his injury just seems like a red flag to me. I don't know how you view it. I mean, you being a Laker fan. I mean, 5 of 19 doesn't look good, but that's still 17 points. That's not bad. They didn't win the game, but 17 points, 17 points. Four points is whatever, but he only played 17 minutes. But then again, that wasn't a good game for him. But 17 points is 17 points. We'll take that any day. That's better than four points. I guess. I, I just don't see it that way. I, just... I think, personally, if they are going to bring him back like that, he should only play, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and that's it. Yeah, 17, did he play 17 minutes? He played 17 on the 22nd. That's a little too much. And then he played 28 yesterday. That's crazy. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, yesterday. I know, because we were... The 24th. Yeah, we were blowing up the group chat, talking, talking trash to you and our friend. Maybe he's just taking the load off until LeBron gets back. Maybe. Now LeBron's the one who needs to take all the time because he's older. Right. I agree with that. They both could have taken time, but then we know that they would have been at a horrible seed. Um, let's go back to the Nets. So James Harden out indefinitely, may not go, may not play till playoffs. You don't think the Nets are going to be much of a threat now in the East, right? That's what you said earlier. I don't know, because the East isn't very it's competitive. competitive. It's it is competitive now. The Bucks are good. 
The Sixers are good. Heat is still good. There's three teams. The Nets. I'd say anybody out of the Raps are gonna, probably going to heat it up again. Boston. Boston just lost four games in a row, I think. They're on a four-game losing streak. I think so. But, I mean, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I just think the West is very competitive. That the East, like, the Nets could take the East. They just, like, stay, like, minimally healthy. Mm. So, even, you already said, like, the Nets don't have a bench. And it's really on Katie and Kyrie to carry this team the way it was supposed to be at the start of this NBA season. And Harden. But Harden's hurt. They didn't have Harden. Yeah, I mean, he'll be, he'll be back in the playoffs. Right. So do you think they go down in seeding, or do you think they're still going to take a top seeding spot by the time playoffs come? I say, like, top four. Top four? That's your prediction? I'll take that. Top four seed, for sure. All right, let's, um... Steph Curry. That dude has been insane. Uh, I'm going to pull up a stat line for you real quick. If I you think don't mind. he should be an MVP, but I think the only reason he wouldn't be would just be the narrative. The narrative? They're not really necessary. Are they a good team right now? I don't think they are. Like the boys? Here's the thing about the Warriors. Unless he just has a record-breaking year where it's like... You know what I mean? They're a ninth seed right now. Well, okay, that's not bad. They're competitive. If, they, if the playoffs started. But we have people like Shannon Sharp, who is LeBron James lover, saying, oh, well, they need to be a fifth or sixth seed in the playoffs. Sometimes, yeah, you do need that narrative for your... All right, well, here's here's the stat line for the past 11 games. 40 points, 50 por- 54% from the field, 50% from the three, and he's made 78 threes. Past 11 games. That's his, that's his percentages right now. That's MVP, MVP caliber. But, so, yeah, like I said, he should get it, but if he didn't, it would just be because they aren't as competitive as they right. could be. And you brought up the whole narrative thing. Yeah. You know, he he doesn't have the narrative to, you know, ninth seed, that's barely making it. But if you're a fifth or sixth seed, then you really yeah, care. Right. But the the narrative that's getting pushed right now is a big man hasn't won the MVP since Shaq. And, you know, we have Joke, Joker and Embiid. Giannis. I don't know why they don't consider him. I think it's because he plays power. Like, Joker and Embiid are... Big man that you know play the five position, but basketball has just changed so much over the year that you know anyone could really play. Point guard or yeah. Point guard, yeah. shooting guard, power, the center spot. Oh, you know, center taking jumper. Football. Yeah. I mean basketball. Yeah, positionless basketball, and I guess you know they're trying to say Joker and Embiid are the last true. Big men, and I feel like that narrative is going to continue to you know, push this whole MVP thing. So who do you have winning the MVP? Although you said you think Curry should win it, but he yeah, probably he keeps won't. this up. Yeah. But if he didn't, it would just be because they're not competitive. Right. I'm. I'm still gonna say Embiid wins MVP this year. That'd be cool too. I don't really have a shoe or a horse in the race. I guess you would say. Yeah. Um. And then. House of the uh, House of Lamelo, House of Lamelo, House of Lamelo is back. That's right, your boy Lamelo Ball. He's back, rookie of the year. No, 
You think he's missed too much time? Edwards. Hmm. He's pretty cold. I see a lot of dunking highlights and shooting threes. He's pretty uh, well-rounded. I will say this. I'm glad John Morant won Rookie of the Year, his year. For some reason, I really thought they might give it to Zion. I feel like they still might give it to Melo. Just because, you know... I could see his it. name, his story, the, the hype that surrounded MVP him. would be probably Edwards. He's yeah. involved now. Yeah, the people's MVP. Rookie, most, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rookie. Because Ja, I think, was the people's. Oh, but he was the rightful one, too. He sh- I'm glad he was. I was going to be a little heated. Zion, like, injured. And then yeah. Then he comes back the and he, like, dominates. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. Whatever. Um, and then... Hornets are an impressive team. I like watching them play ball. They're energetic. I think if they could get like a free agent start of this offseason, they'd be nice. I feel like they've become one of the top locations to go play ball at. Miles Bridges, LaMelo. Great team. The I commentators think... are so funny. Have you always, you watch the the stories of them? It's like, oh my god, Miles Bridges! Just losing energetic. their mind. Oh, who, I don't know. I think they need a big man. They don't have a big name big man. Maybe. No. Yeah, no, you're right. Like a, I don't know. Like a goal, like a Rudy Gobert or something like that would be nice. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think he just got paid, but you know what I mean. Like a big man that gets rebounds. Plays defense. Oh, we almost forgot. Knicks, eight-game winning streak. Yeah. I love seeing the Knicks be good. That's just a basketball state. That's a basketball city. Derrick Rose, Julius Randle. It's nice to see Julius Randle do good. Because I think he was good on the yeah. Lakers, but... They just didn't give him the chance to kind of blossom. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, it's always good to see players get a fresh start and you know get their roses where they where they are. So that's cool. New York basketball is back, baby. All right, let's wrap up the show. We're gonna introduce a brand new segment called "Let's Get Mad About a List." You know, every so often in the sports world, or you know, you just see a funny list ranking on social media on YouTube or whatever. And it's pretty baffling. You might have your hot takes of your own. Oftentimes me and you or our group of friends. We get into little arguments about these lists. So we might as well make it a segment. It's always made energetic conversation. So uh I found a list for us to discuss. And it is the top quarterbacks. Top, sorry, top college football players of the 2010s. So, I'm going to go ahead. Let's check it out. Pull it up. Should we, should we shout out this, these, uh, these people? Is it a big time now? Um, Not really. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll give them love. LAFB Network, alright? This is the list from LAFB Network. Shout out to you guys. Um, we might get mad at your list, so we're sorry. I want you to go ahead and guess the top 10 players. What decade is it? This is for the 2010, so the top top 10 players of the 2010s, college football. Oh, I'll just say the players that I know. Alright, for sure. Go for it. Um, I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Okay. Mariota. Okay. Clowney. Okay. The Honey Badger. Okay. Um, Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Lamar. Henry. Uh, McCaffrey.
McCaffrey. Um, Gordon. Um, Burrow. Is that it? That's your ten. There's a lot of quarterbacks on there. You're actually gonna be pretty surprised. I think so. And I th- and me and you. This was supposed to be a fun list. We were supposed to argue with each other, but mine and your list are pretty similar when I was thinking about it in my own head. So this is LAFB's top 10 college football players of the 2010s. Number one, we have Deshaun Watson. Number two, we have Baker Mayfield. Number three, we have Christian McCaffrey. Four, we have Superman Cam Newton. Five, we have Manti Teo. I wasn't really big Mente Teo guy, but I mean they I mean, said he, that was, yeah. he was the next like like big thing, yeah. Not like like he was the next defensive player to win the Heisman. They said Sue would have got should have got one. Charles Woodson's the most like obviously the only one we know of in recent times. Right. Anyways, go on. Alright. Six you have Saquon Barkley. I'm not a big Saquon guy. I'm not either. Zeke is better in college. Seven, we have Justin Blackman. Wide receiver for Oklahoma State. Yeah, he was good. Eight, we have the Honey Badger, okay. Tyron Matthew. Nine, we have Derrick Henry. Ten, we have Joe Burrow. Okay. So I think from that list, honestly, I was going to, I shouldn't have said Clowney, but I tried to apply, like, not just a quarterback or a running back. No, I mean, I'm just glad that you said Melvin Gordon. I feel like he's quickly been forgotten as a top college football well, running back and player. had a better college career than Saquon. And Zeke, I think. And Zeke, yeah. And Zeke. But I still think the competitions he played against makes him better. You know, if you run over Alabama defense, you're pretty solid. Mel Gordon? I'm talking about Zeke right now. Oh, oh yeah. Zeke, all I ever... Every time I think of Zeke, Ohio State, I think of him just running over um, Alabama. I mean... That's an NFL running back running over an NFL defense. Right. I like that you added clowning, to be honest. I I just think about that one hit, you know, against Michigan. That's all people ever really think about. Not taking anything away from clowning because he's an excellent NFL player right now. I think the best defensive pass rusher like that in recent years... You have the Watts. I mean, the- I was gonna say Donald or Garrett. Donald's a two thousand fifteen draft member. I mean, two thousand fourteen. So I'd say Donald or mm-hmm. uh, Garrett. That's a good one from yeah Texas A and M. Now he's on the Cleveland Browns. Donald Garrett. Um, T J Watt. I'm not a big T J Watt. Yeah, Bosa. Oh yeah, the Bosa. The Bosa's were really I'd good say, in college. I like, I like uh, what's his name. You put him in the twenty tens. Do you, they crack yeah. that list? Yeah, he's two thousand sixteen. I just wasn't sure if you would put him in there because, I mean, Honey Badger was electric. I want to be fair and put more defensive players on this list, but I can't. I don't know who to... I'm sorry. I'm taking, I'm taking Baker Mayfield off of this. He didn't win a national championship or a big bowl game. Yeah, I'd probably do Deshaun. So Baker Lamar. Mayfield's off this list. Lamar. Actually, I don't really... I like Lamar in college, but he didn't win anything. Nope, he didn't win. Yeah, so yeah. I probably go Deshaun, Henry, the Honey Badger. Yeah. I gotta put a whiteout, so I'll probably put Michael Thomas. 
Cooper. Amari Cooper? I thought Amari really? Cooper's pretty cold in college. I don't like him now, but he was really good at Alabama. That was a surprising one. I He never crossed my mind at all to put in best of the 2010s. Honestly, I'll put Justin Jefferson. He barely made... I don't think he makes that list. He's there like 17 to the end of the 10s. Yeah, but he you don't really count him. He didn't really come into his own until two seasons ago. Yeah, that's I don't true. count him. I, I don't know. count him. I think it's easier to just do quarterbacks or running backs because that's all we really see. Yeah, those are the that's that's the positions in and college football. I mean, this list wasn't very bad. Manti Teo was a surprising pick. Baker Mayfield was a stupid take. Justin I Blackman, just I appreciate because of the walk on stories. Yeah, I appreciate Justin Blackman being on here. He was solid. Yeah, I liked watching good. him play. I can't really think of any good top wideouts like that, though, when it comes to college. Because they always come and go. I think running backs and quarterbacks... Yeah, running backs and quarterbacks really make their mark on college football. Like corners. Hmm. This list wasn't as ridiculous as I thought it was. I was really looking forward to, hey, let's get mad about a list, like our segment says. Well, I mean, I think it's just on them that they probably had an... It's not a bad list. Good list. Yeah. Hey, good job, LAFB. Yeah. We're not clowning on you. No, that was a... I mean, it's better than that ESPN list that we saw. Those ESPN lists really get me mad. Yeah. And these are the guys with the numbers. Well, thank you again for tuning in to Garage Sports Talk. And we're going to see you guys next time. Signing out. See you.